Amen. You've heard the, the story many times. Perhaps your home is one like mine where someone gathers the family together and at night reads the story of Christmas. You'll find the story of that very night in Luke chapter 2. Dads, if you're looking for a reference tonight, that's where it is. I'm just going to begin where we left off with Mary and Joseph having been summoned by a census from the king at the time, Caesar Augustus. And because of that census, Joseph had to go back to Bethlehem, his hometown. That's where he would be counted. It probably wasn't anything that anyone saw as being from God at the time. Kings did censuses. Census is. Is that since I? I don't What is the plural of a census? I don't know. Uh, they did those usually to exact a tax. You know, they found out how many people they had and how much money they wanted to raise and did some division and so the tax became. So I don't know that anyone anticipated anything of God's movement that night. Joseph was just trying to obey the law to get back to Bethlehem, I think, there to be counted. And it seems to be unfolding in that way. The prophets perhaps would have known that Bethlehem was the place. Maybe Mary and Joseph knew that was the place. But somewhere that night, they walked completely off the map of what might have been anticipated into a story that only God could have written and unfolded. They go to Bethlehem, that's expected. Perhaps they tried to stay with family. You'd think, you know, I don't know about you, but when I went home for Christmas to Grandma's house, I usually stayed at Grandma's house. Something would have been bad wrong if I would have had to stay at the hotel in town. But apparently that wasn't even open to them. I wonder if Mary thought, we've missed it. This started out to be a God story, but how could this place that we're in now be something that God is authoring, God is ready to redeem? And then something that was not in the prophecies, something no one could have anticipated when the inn was closed, they went to a stable. And it says in verse 7, and they laid him in a manger. Now, we read the Christmas story, and we always know that the baby Jesus ends up in a manger, right? But do we really think about what a manger was? It was a feeding trough. It's almost, for us, as if the angels would have said, and this will be a sign for you. Go and you will find a babe, wrapped in clothes, laying in a doggy dish. It would have rung with that much surprise. But this is just as God has planned it. A manger will become the place where a mother's uncertainty is met by an angel who bears the message of the throne room of God himself. You're not off my radar. I am with you. You know, when a pastor thinks about what should the Christmas Eve message be for the 16th time in a church. What I felt God impressing upon my heart was, Chris, there will be no one who listens to you tonight for whom I did not come. Each one 
is precious in my heart. Each one is one for whom I meant this great gift. And so tonight, if you like Mary are wondering if you're off God's radar, I pray that the Lord will some way whisper to your own heart that this night is a night he's carved out for you and for him. Mary would later discover that because of some angels, because of some messengers, both the heavenly kind and the earthly and ordinary kind. Here's the story. And in the same region, there were shepherds staying out in the fields and keeping their watch over their flocks by night. And the angel of the Lord uh, suddenly stood before them. And the glory of the Lord shone all about them, and they were terribly frightened. And the angel said to the shepherds, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good news of a great joy which shall be for all the people. For today, in the city of David, there has been born for you a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And there will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in clothes and lying in a manger. And suddenly there appeared with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among men with whom he's pleased. And it came about. When the angels had gone away from them into heaven, that the shepherds began saying to one another, Let us go straight to Bethlehem and see this thing which has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they came in haste and found their way to Mary and Joseph and the baby as he was lying in a manger. And when they had seen this, they, they made known the statement which had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were wondering at the things that were told them by the shepherds. But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds went back, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen, just has been told them. The spotlight of Christmas Eve is definitely on Jesus Christ. God's Son, our Savior, enfleshed, incarnate, God among us. Emmanuel, God with us. But tell me a place in all of the biblical story where the angels come out more than at Christmas. They seem to be all over the story. Uh, They show up here in this story. They're out there with the shepherds in the fields by night. And it's not just one angel that first gives them the message. Then a whole host of heaven. And just so you don't misunderstand those hosts being something other than angels, it then says, and all the angels receded back up. The angels are all over the Christmas story. But they're they're in there even before this. You know, there's the angel Gabriel that comes and tells Mary that she's going to be with child. Uh, There's another angel that comes and tells Joseph. Don't be afraid to take this woman to be your wife and the one that she shall bear will be your son and you shall call his name Jesus. And then finally, Gabriel. Gabriel appears both to John the Baptist's dad, Zacharias, and tells him that that John's going to be coming even though this miracle birth is beyond his ability to believe it because he and his wife Elizabeth are so old. But God uses that very miraculous birth to reassure Mary that nothing is impossible with God. Go visit your cousin Elizabeth and see how she's having an impossible birth 
With God, all things are possible. Gabriel comes to Mary as one who he himself identifies. I am Gabriel who stands in the presence of God. You see the picture he's painting? I am that stalwart angel that stands by the throne of God's ready emissary. You know what angel means, really? It's, It's really a common word in the Greek. Angelos really means messenger. And certainly Gabriel was his messenger, always ready at the Lord's side. But that's not the angel I want to point out in this story tonight. I want to point out the angels that God recruited, the angels that God pursued, the angels to whom God entrusted a message, and the angels that took that message to the heart of a mother who that night desperately needed to hear it. Not the heavenly angels, the ordinary ones, the shepherds, messengers. God chose them. And it's interesting to me, usually when a heart is hurting, God still chooses ordinary angels. People with flesh just like you and me, people that would discount ourselves as being such messengers in much the same way that those shepherds that night would have dismissed themselves as being possibly the messengers of God to tell this great good news. You know, you can imagine what it might be like. I can't stand in the presence of the living God in that, in that bright light. And, and that, that's not an entirely comforting feeling for me. How about you? But that night they got the message that God's favor was being poured out on us all. Yeah. That all would have access. All would have access to the heart of a loving, heavenly Father God through His Son, Jesus Christ. That's His message to all of us ordinary angels. All all of us that can first receive that message for ourselves. And then be a part of sharing that message with others that would discount themselves. Do you realize if, if Mary and Joseph had gone to an inn that night, the shepherds might not have ever gotten beyond the door to give them the message. Shepherds in those days were considered the vagrants of society. They were sleeping out on the hills by night, not only because that's where their sheep were, but because that was the only place for them to to, to sleep that night. These are the folks in society that would be sleeping under the bridge you understand? These are the, those that would not, in most cases, assume themselves welcome in many places. These were messengers that ordinary. And in fact, had Jesus not been born in a manger, maybe these shepherds would have never approached his mom. But shepherds blend in around a manger. Who blends in in your world? Who could be a messenger to you or who could you be a messenger to? Don't discount yourself. 
Because God wants to be close to every heart. He might choose someone that only you can get close to. Through whom you can minister His presence and His love. Maybe only you. Maybe God has mangers picked out for all of us. A water cooler at work. A back porch with a relative that doesn't seem to fit in with the family anymore. Mangers. Places that no one would expect to be a part of God's plan, but are actually the very center of what he's interested in. Connecting his kids to himself again. Ordinary angels. Maybe you're one of those ordinary angels. I I think chances are good that you are. I read a story this week of a of a Scottish journalist. His name was Malachlan. Good in Scottish, I suppose. And he, he went into the countryside to try to find a, a story that called forth his Scottish heritage, something unique, something new. And they told him that if, if they, he really wanted to find some of those kinds of stories, stories of years gone by, he needed to go out in the far country and find the, uh, the out-by-herds. Uh, I've been in Scotland, they speak English, but I don't understand what they're saying. The out by herds, that means not in by the town, but out by, and herds is short for shepherds. And so he went out into the countryside and found an old, really abandoned castle in in that landscape, and there was a a couple living there. And, And they were already in their 80s, and he was a shepherd, and she had been a shepherd's daughter, and now a shepherd's wife. And he asked if he might just interview them and find out a little bit about their life and what it's like. Before he knew it, he was welcomed in as if he was one of the family. And she said, does he he look like him to you? And and he said, well, yes, he does. And he wondered what they were talking about as he walked into their dining room table. And she says, he does. He looks like Jordy, their son. And he says, you know, he, he was a little bit heavy like you. And they want, you know, he wondered if he'd just been insulted, but actually he realized these people were the kind of hearts that would have never insulted anybody. They were just real. And he sat down with these folks and he said, tell me a little bit about your life. And he began to tell him some of his shepherding stories. And Marge was there, Jimmy and Marge. Marge was there to help him fill in anything that he left out. You know, ladies that have lived with their husbands that long that can finish their sentences for them. It was one of those kind of conversations. And he told of nights out on... Uh, the landscape with the with the shepherd with the sheep and and having to spend the night out in Scotland this time of year it could be really cold but he would he would curl up next to a ewe that was having a difficult lambing and and would sleep by that sheep all night to make sure that if there was any trouble in delivering her newborn that he would be there for her and he said really you stay out there all night in that kind of cold how, how can you sleep through the night, get through the night like that. And he says, oh, he's a, he's a lesser man who can't sleep with his, be out there with his thoughts through the night like that. And when I get talk, tired of talking to myself, I just talk to the Lord. McLaughlin didn't doubt that that was absolutely true. He finished his interview, thought he had talked to the senior shepherd, was heading out the door, and then Marge started spinning some of her stories there in the doorframe. 
She talked of her youth and how she would always sweep the snow away from the front of their little house. And it was her job to make a path when she was little to get down to the stream and break through the ice and fill the buckets with water and take them back to the house. It was a different and simpler kind of life. And he heard how sparse it was. She said that she would wait for her dad that in that once a month trip to come home from the store, the store that was in the faraway town, and he'd come home riding on the haunches of the horse because the booty was on the saddle, and he would bring it in, and the, the flour sacks would be unloaded, and the sacks would be emptied, and then they'd be cleaned in order to make pillowcases out of them, or in some cases, re-sewn into underwear. But it was a simple kind of life. He said, really, what, what was Christmas like? What kind of toys did you get for Christmas? And she said, toys? I, we didn't have toys. At best, we would maybe get an orange, something special, except that one Christmas. When Dad had taken a, an apple cart and put little wheels and a handle on it because I had been bugging him for weeks. I had found a catalog of the stuff that came home from the store and I'd seen a little baby doll in the catalog and six years old and a little girl's heart I longed for my own little doll we couldn't afford it he had no time to go back to town but he, he, he made a stroller for me out of that apple cart and wheels and handle and mom took some clothes and wrapped it around a brick and put it in the stroller and the reporter thought, is she serious? A brick? She said, oh yes, I love my little brick baby. And I would stroll it up and down the lane, all proud that I was the new mom with my, my brick baby. Oh, I love my brick baby. Then years, a year or so later at the next Christmas, he, he wrote up an article and one of the articles was the brick baby. He didn't know if it even got published until he got a call from Marge, who had read, read the, uh, the article. She had read it in the hospital because Jimmy had gone into the hospital with some heart trouble and because of his age was being kept overnight for observation. And she was anxious that night and unable to sleep. She picked up a paper and there was that Christmas article about her story. She read the story of the brick baby and that night as she pondered on that early Christmas her heart found peace if her mom and dad loved her that much she was no less loved that night she found the peace to sleep a brick baby but when it's given by a heart that you know loves you. It can be a treasure. Eight decades. After you've received it. This Christmas. I bet hearts like yours. Give those kinds of gifts. I bet Marge's parents would have never guessed. That the gifts of that Christmas became the very treasures that would comfort their daughter on a sleepless night eight decades later. Tonight, 
You are God's ordinary angels. Each and every day, you can be God's ordinary angels. If you love like he loved us that first Christmas night. It was a silent night. At least that's what they say. And there's something about that night and this night that's never complete without candles and singing that song. May it communicate to your heart this Christmas the peace that's yours in Jesus Christ. If you'll stand, each of you have candles hopefully and we'll sing through that song and then as we leave tonight, if you'll extinguish your candle before you ignite the jacket of the person next to you. If you'll extinguish your candle, there'll be uh, receptacles at the doors as you go out. And as you go out, uh, just outside the doors is the scene of Christmas night. It's holy. It's sacred. We invite your kids to enjoy that live nativity. But don't be surprised if somehow out there in the darkness, in the low light of a stable, you don't realize the peace of Christmas for yourself. Thank you for being here tonight. If you go tonight without that peace in your heart, we've all been cheated. I pray for God's sake and for your sake that that's a treasure we can all share as we leave. Would you sing with us? Thank you.